Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My Seven Chakras special episode. The rational mind is a faithful servant and the intuitive mind is a sacred gift. The Seven Chakras, swirling vortices of energy positioned throughout our body from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My 7 Chakras. And now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up, Action Tribe? AJ here, and we are back once again to the show where we dive deep into the ancient world to uncover nuggets of wisdom so that you can take note and take action. Now, this is one show where we believe that science and spirit must go hand in hand and that failure is a stepping stone to success. And today, we're going to spend some time learning about that still small voice inside of us. We're going to dive deep into that gut feeling that tells us to do or not do something. And we're going to talk about intuition. But before we dive right into the show, let's listen to today's iTunes review. Today's review is by Gavin Whittaker, who writes, I just love these podcasts. I've subscribed after a friend sent me the link to them. And you should subscribe too. Gavin, firstly, thank you for taking action on your friend's recommendation. And I don't know who your friend is, but God bless his or her soul for sending you the link. Action Tribe, I strongly believe that we are all connected. But unless we take action, like Gavin's friend did, we won't be able to affect change. So take a moment to really think about that one friend, just one friend who would benefit from our show and send them the link right now, this very moment. Because you never know whose life you are going to change because of your action. It's really powerful. And as always, if you want your own review to be read out as well, make sure you leave us your thoughts, your experiences and your views in the form of an iTunes review. You can do so in two ways. If you're already on the podcast app on your iPhone, just hit 
reviews and then hit write a review. You can also type in this link onto your browser to jump directly onto the iTunes review page. The link is www.my7chakras.com forward slash review. That's my7chakras.com forward slash review. Now you see reviews help us rank better, get more exposure and transform lives as well. So if this show has made a difference in your life, make sure you take a moment to write us a review. And with that, we are now ready to bring you our featured guest for today, Dr. Leslie Phillips. Now, Leslie isn't new to our show because she's appeared on My 7 Chakras three times now. She first appeared on episode 11, right when we launched our show. And then once again, after episode 110. So in case you want to catch up, make sure you listen to those episodes as well. Today, we continue our conversation as we learn more about this fascinating topic called intuition. Now, they say that everyone has a gift within themselves and yet honing your intuition is not a cakewalk. It takes time, it takes practice, it takes experience and it does involve going through challenges and struggles. So, Leslie is here today to take us a few steps closer to tapping into our intuitive gifts and using them to transform our lives. Action Tribe, I know many of you listen to this episode while commuting to work or on your way home. So in case you're not able to take notes, don't worry, we've got you covered to download your free mini ebook for this episode. Visit my7chakras.com forward slash my gift. That's my7chakras.com forward slash M-Y-G-I-F-T. Right? So it's just my gift in front of our website and you'll be taken to the download page for your free gift. So Leslie, are you ready to inspire? I am absolutely ready to inspire. I was just meditating before we got on Skype together, AJ, and I'm just feeling really inspired from my meditation and happy to to share with everybody. Wonderful. So Dr. Leslie Phillips is a spiritual teacher who wants to help you access your intuition. Your spiritual journey involves personal growth and deep transformation. She can help you transcend your limits and let go of what keeps you from your purpose. Dr. Leslie has offered intuitive sessions since 96 and has taught meditation and intuition development since 2003. Over the years, she has provided spiritual guidance and mentoring to thousands of people and many corporations as well. She is the author of a spiritual novel called The Midas Tree, as well as three non-fictional books on spirituality and a card deck that opens the intuition and creativity. She is happiest when being of service, whether at a speaking engagement, teaching a class, giving a healing session, or mentoring one of her students. So Leslie, welcome once again to My 7 Chakras. Before we move on, tell our listeners something unique about yourself. Ooh, something unique about myself. You know, I think the most unique thing about me and the thing that people find most fascinating is how can somebody with a PhD in science be so <laughs> massively into intuition and, and spirituality? And so I guess that unique thing about me is that dichotomy that I've managed to balance those extremes of the rational mind and the intuitive mind. Wonderful. So it seems like you've experienced both poles of, of the world. And I'm sure that many of our listeners are from uh, more left brained functions, right? Many of our listeners might be doctors or scientists or engineers who want to really tap into their intuitive side and they'll be really able to relate to your story, which we're going to dive deeper in a moment. But before that, let's begin with some inspirational energy. 
What is your favorite inspirational quote and how does that quote play out in your day-to-day life? Well, I have a few. I mean, I love just all those famous scientists like Einstein and Tesla <laughs> who had an intuitive side, a spiritual side. And so I've chosen a quote by Einstein and he said, the rational mind is a faithful servant and the intuitive mind is a sacred gift. And he also said, we've created a society that honors the servant servant and has forgotten the gift. And that plays out every day of my life, actually. And it's played out throughout my life story. Because, of course, probably like many of your listeners, I was a trained scientist. And, Mm -hmm. of course, I was part of the society that honored the uh, the servant as though it was godlike, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, and didn't ignore the gift. And so, my in my life story, I've reclaimed the gift. And every day of my life, I teach people how to reclaim their gift. And for most people, the rational mind, which is a faithful servant and is brilliant and and and, and helps us in so many things, but it can be a barrier to accessing intuition. So every day I'm teaching people exactly that quote from Einstein and how to apply it within their own lives. Wonderful. That truly resonates with our mission here in My 7 Chakras because as I stated earlier, we believe that spirit and science must go hand in hand and we need to be rational, but we shouldn't let that tie us down because as the quote states it's a faithful servant but at the same time we need to take some action to really uncover what's our gift our intuitive gift and that's something we're going to learn more about today but before that leslie what is your definition of intuition my definition of intuition let me see if i can put that in a sentence (laughs) sure (laughs) Um, so my definition of intuition is it's the communication it's direct communication from your higher self from your soul from you the spiritual consciousness or from source energy Uh, some people call source energy god and so it's Your higher guidance, basically, is what your intuition is. And you can access your intuition in many different ways, but ultimately it's information coming to assist you from higher aspects of yourself. Beautiful. I love that definition that you just gave us. Now, just so that our listeners can get a better understanding, can you give us an example of how it feels like to receive an intuition message or an intuitive nudge? Well, I think everybody has their own unique experience of intuition. Mm. And so I don't think it necessarily feels the same to everyone. And of course, I'm very far along my my journey into my intuition. And so it's it's almost second nature to me. But let me think maybe about your intuition. It feels right. It feels honest. It feels true. It's an insight that you get that sometimes Mm -hmm. might even defy the logical mind, but you know through that insight you're, you're touching a deep part of yourself. So Leslie, just so that our listeners can get a better understanding, could you give us an example of what does intuition feel like when we're receiving that message or that nudge? Maybe a a real life example that can put this concept into context. Sure. So, Your intuition can be a kind of a gut feeling or an instant knowing that just Mm -hmm. comes out of the blue. A simple example might be 
you meet a new a new guy or a new gal and your intuition for some is saying stay away you know walk away yet on the surface your logical mind assesses that this person is charming they're polite they they treat you really nicely they have a good job they even own a house uh, maybe they tell you that they're looking for commitment and so all of the boxes that you would tick in your logical mind appear to be tickable but yet at the same time there's another voice inside you that's saying you know what maybe that's not the complete truth there's something else going on here and you might not be able to put your finger on exactly what that is mm. but there's just a a quiet voice inside a kind of knowing or a gut feeling that there's more to this than meets the eye and you know what maybe you follow your intuition and sure. you never find out or maybe you don't follow your intuition and then later on you discover that let's make something up this person is 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 a criminal of some kind and puts you in danger and so mm. yeah it doesn't always your intuition doesn't always agree with your logical mind and that's what i was saying before is a part of developing your intuition is being able to tell the difference between the two and understand that the one that is the higher level of guidance is actually the intuition interesting now you've sort of alluded to the fact that there might be more than one type of intuition right mm -hmm. are there multiple types yeah there are yeah absolutely <laughs> yes there are you know most people think that when they're thinking about intuition they think of the third eye yeah or they think of the sixth chakra if they if they know about the chakras and of course the sixth chakra and the third eye is an extremely powerful determinant of intuition and so that gives you your clairvoyance and it also confers another intuitive ability called abstract intuition and those two abilities together allow you to see energy so for example seeing the energy field around somebody or seeing an out of body being like a spirit guide or somebody who was passed on and they also give you the ability to see and interpret symbols and the other thing that the sixth chakra does is it gives you when you know how to operate it correctly it gives you neutrality great clarity great neutrality and so you're able to be in a place of non-judgment and you're able to be in a place of acceptance and so that's really helpful when you're on your spiritual journey because as soon as you start opening up your intuitive abilities you get to know all sorts of things about yourself and all sorts of things about other people so it can be super helpful to be able to be neutral so the third eye or the sixth chakra is a super powerful uh, aspect of your intuition but all of your main chakras a part of your spiritual communication system and every single one of them actually is a channel for one or more different types of intuition and so another one that people are familiar with is perhaps that the crown chakra people know that that's a gateway to your higher consciousness and through your crown chakra you can access your inner knowing or your higher knowing that sense of just knowing your information instantly um that's an aspect of the crown chakra but what people might not be quite so familiar is 
all of the other chakras as well. So, for example, your third chakra, your solar plexus, channels your information about out-of-body experiences and astral travel. Your sacral chakra or your second chakra confers an intuitive gift called clairsentience, which is the ability Mm. to intuit information through emotions. So when we talk about that gut feeling, that's actually, I mean, it's not an accident that it's called a gut feeling because that's exactly where your second chakra is located, in just in your guts. And, uh, you know, I could go on. Every single, the throat chakra is amazing. There's so many different forms of intuitive communication that are channeled through the throat chakra, from your inner voice to clairaudience, which is the ability to, the inner voice is the ability to hear your higher self. Uh, clairaudience is the mm. ability to hear other beings on a spiritual consciousness level. Uh, it's also responsible for telepathy and a form of practical intuition called pragmatic intuition. And the heart center, that will give you guidance through affinity, which is kind of like that magnetic attraction you have towards people, places, things, ideas. Mm-hmm. That It's like your, I, I call it your your internal guidance system. It's like your internal GPS. You know, you can, if you have a choice before you, you can kind of sense through your heart, you know, if you follow one choice or the other, which one resonates the most with you. That's your affinity. You know, and I, and I could go on. So, so suffice it to say that there are many ways that you can be intuitive. And you see, that's another re- place where people get stuck is they, they hear about intuition from somebody who describes it in a certain way. Yeah. And then they say, oh, that's what intuition is. And then they say, well, but then I haven't got it because I don't have that experience that that person described. It doesn't mean that you're not intuitive. Everyone is unique. Everyone has their own unique combination of intuitive gifts, and you just need to find yours. And so don't allow other people's uh, ideas, preconceptions, and experiences color your view or interfere with your direct experience of your own form of spiritual communication. Wonderful. Now, I know that you've got something special in store for us. You're going to talk to us about some of the myths, right? About intuition that people come across based on their interactions and conversations about intuition. Uh, So please hold on to that. My question is, why should someone listening to this episode consider honing their intuition? Well, there there really are so many reasons why someone should consider that. Because, you know, when you're out of alignment and out of touch with your intuition then you're not consciously connecting with your higher self and your higher guidance. When you're not connecting with your intuition, then most likely you're operating from your body personality or your ego self, your intellect, Mm -hmm. your emotions, um, and all the other drives of the physical body. And so, I mean, I just can't think why anybody wouldn't want to connect with their intuition because it can help you with all aspects of your life. Whether you, So any choice that you could come up with that you might have, whether it's a career yeah. decision, uh, whether you're having a health issue, some relationship challenges, whatever you can think of is going on in your life right now. Imagine that you can have a spiritual perspective of that situation. Imagine that you can view it from a higher 
perspective and from a neutral perspective so that you can understand why you've created that situation so that you can understand how your consciousness is expanding by going through that or another way of saying that is what you're learning from it and also so that you can see how to change it if you're not enjoying that particular creation what can you do to shift your reality your intuition can be applied using that formula to anything in your life at all and it can help you connect with your god or with source energy it can help you communicate with your body so if you've got a health problem or any other issues with your physical body an agitated mind or, or or whatever it is by learning about your intuition you can basically learn to become the master of your own universe which includes your body and all of your life creations so i can't think of a single reason why you wouldn't wonderful now let's talk about you were you always aware of your gift how did you get started so my story i think is very similar to a lot of people in that you know i believe all children are born open intuitively i mean they're straight from god you know they haven't mm-hmm. oriented to the physical world yet so when i was really little i could see energy you know and i used to say when i used to look at the um at night uh in yep. the darkness i would just be surrounded by colored lights everywhere i looked and i used to say to the adults around me can you see the pretty lights and they'd be like no <laughs> <laughs> you know and so i went through a a process really of orienting to being in the physical world which we all go through when we incarnate in a body we have to learn now i'm in a physical body now i'm in the physical world and therefore i need to engage my intellect and all the other physical senses i have so that's part of it and it's in in a way it's a necessary part to some degree of being in a physical body but then also all that educational programming comes along and it's back to that einstein quote you know where we have created a society that honors the servant and has forgotten the gift so i was channeled through the education system um and i ended up with a phd at the end of that which which is fantastic but what it also did was it taught me to focus or operate predominantly from my intellect and so during those years where i was more operating from my intellect my intellect was a barrier to accessing my intuition so my my main way in during that time was through my dreams so i never lost touch completely but through those years before i reclaimed my gift for myself i kept a dream diary and i got really into it so i got to the point where i could program my g- dreams where i could was lucid in my dreams where i could meet my friends in my dreams where i had premonitions of world events premonitions of things that happened in my own life experienced myself in past lives just an enormous explosion of experiences and that just got me wanting more and wanting to know more and wanting to search for other people who were having these similar experiences and that then launched me on my search to reclaim my intuitive gifts so so then i eventually learned how to directly access my intuitive gifts while consciously awake and aware 
And so, so I would say then there was a, obviously then there was a process of learning how to do that again, reclaiming it for myself. And uh, I, I actually went to some, I found a group of people who I'm sure they are part of, you know, they're people I've known through many incarnations. And basically it was attended a modern day mystery school so that I, my conscious, I could consciously remember what I already knew and put it into practice. And so I'm sure that a lot of the listeners will resonate with that. I'm sure that if people are not aware of their intuition today, you can probably think back to your childhood and come Mm -hmm. up with something that happened to you and realize, yeah, you're a spiritual consciousness. You are intuitive. Intuition is the way that we communicate as spirit. And just like I reclaimed my gift, you can do the same if you want to. Wonderful. Thanks a lot for sharing. Action Drive, you are a spiritual being having a human experience and not a human being having a spiritual experience. And as we're learning today, through our dreams, through our subconscious, by going back into our childhood, we'll be able to recollect those moments, those stories, those memories when you yourself were really, really intuitive. So in a way, you're just remembering what you already have deep within you. Now, Leslie, you were once a scientist in the pharmaceutical industry, as well as a business consultant. Is that correct? Yeah, I was a scientist. Uh, I was, I used to do something called bioprospecting. So I was a microbiologist and I got to travel to some very exotic locations, collecting samples and trying to discover new drugs from uh, those from those samples. And I I also did business development for a number of pharmaceutical companies. So I was, uh, I negotiated uh, multi-million dollar deals between big pharma and smaller biotech companies. That was my job for a long time. And after I transitioned out of doing that full time, then I did some consulting in that area as well. So at that point in time, did you ever think that you would someday be helping people tap into their intuition? Yes, actually. I mean, I and there's several junctures in my life that I can point to. Like I, I know that I had a, an awakening moment at about 11 years old where I knew that was my life's mission. But I thought at that time that to be a spiritual teacher meant that it was like you would have to be a nun or something like that and mm. just or or give up all you know all the worldly goods and um and so i kind of squashed it down but i also remember and this probably would have been about the age of oh what would it have been maybe around the age of 30 or something like that i was in a company that downsized and okay. i lost my job i was part of the group the whole department that i um actually was leading was closed down. And so having had a career in the biotech industry, that's not unusual. It's a very volatile industry sector and it happens a lot. But that was the the very first time I went through something like that. And so it was fairly painful. And the most painful thing about it was that somebody else determined my fate you know Mm. somebody else determined my destiny and I remember uh, the day that I I walked out of that thinking to myself I want to take control of my life back I want to do something that is meaningful and that helps people and that 
just puts my life in uh, under my own control. And I knew that it was intuition because by that by the time that that had happened, I'd already gone through my uh, journey with respect to the. The, the dream group, and I'd already gone through some experiences knowing that I could give healings to people and, and having given some intuitive readings to people, which were very accurate. And so I'd started to open that up and know that that was something inside me. And so it's almost like I swore at that moment, this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> and, it, and, it, mm-hmm. and it took, from that point on, I probably had another... Oh, four or five jobs in the biotech industry. I mean, that happened when I was in the UK. And after that, I had another job in the UK. And then I moved to Canada and I've worked for a number of companies in Canada. And so it took a little while from that point when I said, this is what I want and this is what I'm going to do for it to sort of manifest as a full manifestation because I was still going on my journey to unravel my intuition and discover myself. Mm -hmm. I think that uh, story is really, really inspiring, something that a lot of our listeners would be able to resonate with. Action Tribe, like someone said, the pen that writes your destiny must be held in your own hand. So no matter what challenge you're going through right now, if you're on a job which you don't like, if you're in a situation which you never planned for, remember that you are here today because of some decision, some action that you took sometime in the past. And because of that very concept, the fact that you're here right now and listening to this episode, you have the power to take action and change your life for the better into whatever you want. So your vision, your dreams are all going to get manifested, but you need to take action toward that. And the idea is that if you think about it, if you consult with the right people, if you take the right actions, if you read the right books, if you take the right courses, you will get there without a doubt. So thanks a lot for sharing that wonderful story, Leslie. And with that, we now move on to our action taker question session where our listeners get to post questions to our guests. Our first question is from Lauren, who is based in Detroit, who asks, Leslie, when it comes to intuition, how do we know the difference between our true intuition and the lingering or nagging fears that we might have because sometimes fear masks itself as intuition, causes us to act in ways that goes against our greater good, isn't it? So that goes back to what I was saying before, and it really is a big problem for people, is what's the difference between my intuition and my ego construct? Mm-hmm. So intuition is you, the spiritual consciousness, communicating to you. You, the spiritual consciousness, does not have emotions, does not have the lower vibrations such as fear. Okay, so whenever you have an emotion like fear or anger or, I don't know, judgment and and so on, that's your body speaking. That's your body that's afraid. That's part of that false-made self-construct that most of us uh, wander wander around operating from, and so I think one of the things that you can say to yourself, you know, is is this my body or is this me, the spiritual consciousness? If it's a logical thought that you're having, it's your body. If it's an emotion that you're having that's blocking you, it's your body. 
Okay, mm. and and so I think that that would be a simple way of explaining it. So fear is always the body. Fear is never coming from you, the spiritual consciousness, because it just is not part of your reality as that pure being of love and light, which is the truth of who you are. Well, thank you, Lord, for answering that. The next question is by Candy Kachmar, who asks, "Why is it that intuitive people can easily help others, but often have their own blocks that hinder them?" from helping themselves. Well, that's an interesting question, isn't it? So, mm-hmm. so it said why is it that intuitive people can often help others yeah. but then they have a block which hinders them from helping themselves. And maybe I would make a distinction between Okay, so I think I want to answer this in two different ways. Okay. So, we're all humans we're all spiritual beings, as AJ said, having a human experience. So we're all living here on planet Earth. Planet Earth is a planet of dichotomy. It's a planet of duality. It's a schoolhouse for spiritual growth. So there is no person alive, even if you call them Jesus or Buddha, that is not embedded in that construct of opposites. And the purpose of that construct of opposites is the expansion of the soul. And we expand ourselves by experiencing those polarities and then bringing ourselves back into balance when we get out of balance by going too far in one polarity than another. And that's just the journey of life. So to expect a a spiritual teacher or an intuitive person Mm. to be perfect is not realistic. What a spiritual master is, is somebody who understands that and who has a practice that helps them walk their path through their life consciously and manage the dichotomies that are present here and also use their intuition to make choices that take them on a life path that perhaps is more joyful and less challenging than someone who, who is not. Now, some, there are a lot, all sorts of different people out there in the world at different stages of their own, let's call it spiritual opening, who, who are practicing as healers and helpers and doing, doing what they can. Yeah. And some people do it without necessarily having had a teacher or a mentor. To, to help them. They've gone through a sort of a natural spiritual opening and they know what they know and they don't know what they don't know. And so one of the most important things for a spiritual teacher or an intuitive or a healer to, to know about and is that they need to do their own self-healing in parallel to helping others. It's a bit, mm. it's a bit like when you go on the airplane and the air hostess does her safety talk and she says, you know, when the oxygen mask comes down, make sure you put your own oxygen mask on first, because if you don't, eventually you pass out and you won't be able to help anyone else. And and so I call it the wounded healer. A lot of practitioners don't keep up with their own self-healing, oftentimes because they just don't don't know. And it is, it's really important because everybody that you come across in your life, whether you're a healer or whether you're an intuitive, uh, practicing as an intuitive, everyone is a mirror. Everyone is a mirror for you. And every time 
So, for example, every time I give someone a healing or every time I give someone a reading or every time I teach somebody, behind the scenes in real time as I'm helping that person, I am processing my own stuff that is coming up in response to me interacting with that person. Now, that's a highly advanced practice. And the only reason I know that was beca- is because I had a mentor who taught me how to have that as a practice. But I think that there are, there are a, lot of, a lot of people out there who do the readings and do the healings and they're not necessarily processing their own stuff at the same time. And, and also what a lot of healers will do is they will take on other people's energy in attempt to heal them. And so, you know, that's the classic sort of empath um, who takes on other people's emotions or the healer that goes home exhausted because they've helped four or five other people and now they feel just totally overwhelmed. It's because they're not processing, it's because they're taking on their client's energy, they're not realizing that they're doing it and they're not processing it and healing themselves at the same time. And so I guess that answers the question in terms of why, what's the process, why does that happen? But also to say that it doesn't have to be that way. And everybody, once they know (laughs) that that's part of it, can be healing themselves at the same time that they're helping others. Beautiful. So when you said that, it sort of reminded me of a doctor who is there to help others, right? But sometimes a doctor himself or herself falls sick. And especially, I think, as an intuitive, depending on what gift you're using, you're also exposed to other people's energy, right? And that might knowingly or unknowingly create a block unless you're taking care of yourself, like you said, pulling down the oxygen mask and really ensuring that you are whole and healthy and you're able to serve others to the fullest. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Love that. Thanks a lot for sharing. Our final question is from Carol Rodero who asks, is intuition a gift for only a few or can it be developed by anyone? I firmly believe that it can be developed by anyone. And it's not the gift of a few. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it serves some people to be out there in the world saying, I'm special and only I can do this. I'm the seventh daughter of a seventh daughter or what, you know, whatever <laughs> it is that they yeah. say. Um, but it isn't true. Everyone, everyone can have their own direct connection with God. Everyone can have their own direct communion with their soul or their higher self. And everyone has intuition. I mean, even in its most basic sense, think about this. You are spirit. You are a high vibration, multidimensional consciousness. You've created a physical body. The physical body is not not you. It's a vehicle that you've created. So how are you going to interact with that vehicle? And the answer is through your spiritual communication, through your intuition. So, for example, we talked earlier about clairsentience, which is the ability to tune into emotions. And most people have that turned facing outside of themselves. Oh, you know, um, is is daddy angry? Do I need to run and hide? Or is, uh, is mommy afraid? Do I need to comforter or whatever it is it gets it gets set up in childhood but the primary purpose of that ability is for you to communicate with your own body because your spirit 
You've created a body. Your body's going through experiences on planet Earth. And the way that it tells you how it's enjoying or not enjoying its experiences through its emotions. Oh, I'm afraid. Oh, I'm angry. Or, you know, I'm happy. And how you know that is through clairsentience. Every single human has that because every single human is a spiritual consciousness that's created a body. Everyone has transmediumship. That's the ability to bring spirit into the, into the physical body. Uh, you couldn't possibly have created a physical body and expect to operate consciously through it if you didn't have that ability. And so, uh, you know, and that's just a couple, but everyone has so many intuitive gifts. I, I don't think I've met a single person yet who has come to me and said, I want to develop my intuition that I have not been able to help develop mm -hmm. their intuition. I've, I'm yet to meet that person who lacks intuition. And I firmly believe that I will get to, I will never meet somebody like that because it, it just, it's, it's part of our birthright. It's part of who we are. You know, we can, we can block ourselves from it so that we're not in touch with it, but it's, it's always there. And your soul, your higher self is always always communicating with you it's just how many you know how many blocks have you put in the way of your ability from the perspective of your body personality to hear those messages wonderful thanks a lot for sharing that and now that you answered some of the questions that uh, action takers had i believe you're going to clear out some myths and misconceptions for us today is that correct it is and i actually think we've already covered some of the myths just in answering the questions uh, that you had but for sure we can we can go go through the myths and uh, see what else there is to say lovely so action tribe leslie's going to walk us through and clear seven commonly held misconceptions or myths about intuition so shall we begin absolutely so myth number 1 is that you have to wait for intuitive insights to come to you. And mm -hmm. this myth is perpetuated actually by some of the famous mediums and intuitives that are out there on the television, you know, and, and so for example, you know, it's the, the medium that says, well, you know, I think there's one called the Long Island medium or something like that. And she's wandering around going about her life in the supermarket. And then she gets a sudden flash of insight, um, which she can't control. It just comes upon her. And then she has she must run and, uh, you know, and tell uh, somebody about it. Mm -hmm. So intuition can happen that way. It can happen as a as a sudden uh, flash of insight, yeah. but it's not the only way because you can learn to take conscious control of your intuition so that you decide when you want to listen to it. So if you're at work writing a report and it's kind of important for you to just be engaging your intellect at that point, then, you know, at that point you say, well, okay, you know, I'm just using my intellect and I'm doing this. But I don't know, maybe you get into an argument with your boss and you go back into your office and you say, oh, you know what? I need to just take a moment. I need to just calm down, get a spiritual perspective on what just happened. And then you use your intuition to tune into it. And you can do it at, at will whenever you want, whenever situations demand. And it just takes a little bit of training. It just takes a few tips on how to do it. You know, and I... I can spend an hour with most people and give them enough tips that they have they start consciously experiencing their intuition. 
So it's a myth that you have to wait for intuitive insights to come to you. You can develop your intuition as a conscious tool that you can use in your life in whatever way you want to. Beautiful. So Action Tribe, once again, you don't have to take down notes for this episode. Just visit my7chakras.com forward slash mygift. Put down your best email address and you'll be able to download your mini ebook that outlines the seven intuition myths that we are going to talk about today. Once again, it's my7chakras.com forward slash mygift. So Leslie, let's move on to myth number two. What is it? So myth number two, and I think we've already spoken about this one, but is that you are not always connected to your intuition. And I would say your soul is always communicating to you through your higher consciousness. So, And you're always connected because it is the stream of consciousness that you are. It's an integral part of who you are, that stream of spiritual consciousness, that information flowing from your soul to you and through you. And so you are never disconnected from that stream of consciousness. However, you can, as I was talking about my own personal story at the beginning, you can get so embroiled in the physical world and so focused on your physical senses and your intellect and other body aspects that that your consciousness is not focused or attuned to listening to those messages. And so... I would say that it's a, it, it is a myth that you're not always connected to your intuition. You are, but you're just not always consciously, consciously aware of it. Amazing. So what is myth number three? Myth number three is that intuition is always loud and clear. You know, we watch those TV shows of uh, the medium on the television that gets this massive insight about something yeah. and it's like, boom, it's like a, a flash of lightning. Um, actually, actually, that reminds me of a client of mine and she said to me, um, I, I thought that that was what it was going to be like, that it was going to be a bolt of lightning. She had this expectation. And so then when she realised what it actually was like, she was quite disappointed and she kind of had to deal with that expectation. But in truth, you know, especially when you're first starting out, especially if if you're one of these people who's who's very, you know, logical and, and so on, your, yeah. your intuition might be just very quiet. It might be a momentary insight. It might be a faraway voice that's barely perceptible. It might be a cloudy image that momentarily passes by your mental screen. And if you're not practiced in using your intuition, you might have so much going on in your mind, so many thoughts, so, you know, so many plans buzzing around, and you just might be overloaded with all of those physical world inputs that you barely can recognize that intuitive insight before it's gone. And a lot of people, even when they do recognize it, they'll immediately start processing it through their logical mind and pretty soon they will have lost the essence of that message. And so it's not true that it's always loud and clear. It can be foggy um, and unclear and quiet especially to begin with. And, you know, that's why a lot of people, a common question that I'm asked by people is why, why when I was just falling asleep or why when I was just waking up in the morning, Mm. did I see all these colors or did I see all these faces or did I hear somebody calling my name? 
And the answer is, that was your intuition. That was your clairvoyance or your clairaudience. And the reason it happened when you were just falling asleep or when you were just waking up was because in those twilight moments between being asleep and being awake, the intellect disengages. <laughs> so the intellect is disengaged and it leaves a window, an open window for the intuition to come in. And so uh, that's why I think for a lot of people, dreams can be actually can be a great introduction into intuition because that's a state of consciousness where your intellect isn't involved. So they say that I think it's about 10 minutes after you wake up and sort of 10 minutes before you actually go into deep sleep. Those are like the magic periods, right? During which yeah. you're sort of in between actual deep sleep and awakened state. And like you suggested, those are moments where you can, uh, where the intellect is disengaged and you're able to receive your intuitive messages. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think scientists who've studied it, there are actual chemical changes that happen, uh, right. which they say are responsible for you forgetting what you were dreaming about. You, yeah. you, you can actually, there are techniques that you can use to read your dream images again after you've forgotten them. <laughs> uh, Interesting. Yeah, so that's a, that's a combination of developing your clairvoyance and working with what's stored in your astral memory or your out-of-body memory in your, in your third chakra. But yeah, so myth number three, intuition is always loud and clear. Not necessarily. Not necessarily loud and clear. And also, don't expect it to be the same every day either. Because, mm. I mean, even for myself, depending on what's going on in my life, <laughs> it can be clearer or less clear. I mean, if it's a bit yeah. less clear, then I know I need to go and meditate. But it's not always this crystal clear, indistinguishable thing. It can be quite subtle. Wonderful. Thanks a lot for sharing. It is now time to move on to myth number four, which I thought was a bit controversial. <laughs> yeah, myth number four. Women are better at intuition than men. And of course, it's okay. not true. It's a myth. <laughs> but, <Yeah. laughs> a, but a lot, lot of people do believe that. And, you know, and if, you, if you look out there in the world at who does this stuff and also who's interested in this stuff, it does tend to be more women than men. But I, but I believe that it has more to do with social influences than to a, a difference in ability. And, you know, men and women are born with the same gift. They receive different cultural programming, though. And so there's a bit more permission for women to practice their women's intuition, you know, and there's a bit of a skew for men to say that they um, have to be strong and rational and realistic. I mean, there's still that programming in our society, uh, that, that differential between the sexes. And, and, so, and I think that that's what skews men, perhaps turns them away from it more. I had a conversation with a, a male client of mine, actually, about because you, if you go to a, an intuition development workshop or some kind of mm -hmm. spiritual talk and you look in the audience, oftentimes there are more women there than men. Uh, you know, and true. he said to me, you know, as a man, I prefer one-on-one -on -one because I don't like to be you know, vulnerable in front of people. And he also said, and, and if the group is all women, then I feel 
<sighs> I can't remember the word that he used, but, you know, as, a, as the only man or one of a few men in a large group, that's intimidating. And so I think there are lots of reasons why men shy away from it. However, they are no less intuitive than women. They are no less capable than women to develop their intuition. You know, and even if we get to the point where we accept that, you can still see that within, within society, there's some stereotyping when it comes to what an intuitive man is like and what an intuitive woman is like. So, for example, well, men, yeah, they have gut feelings and they have business instincts and maybe mm -hmm. they can be a visionary futurist or they've got that handy knack with technology and they can intuitively find directions when they're driving in the car. Those are all acceptable uh, perspectives of uh, where men are given permission to be intuitive. And women tend to be given less permission to be intuitive in that way, but more permission to be intuitive in certain other ways, so that, you know, the, the classical woman's intuition or the mother's instinct, you know, the mother with the eyes in the back of her head that knows what, they, what her kids are up to when they're being naughty, even if they're in another room, you know, and then there's also this like, and I think a lot of, uh, a lot of women um, kind of enjoy the idea that it's, it's, it's something special, it's goddess-like, it's mysterious, mm. you know, it's, it's, it's something that we have that you don't have. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so a lot of men are afraid of it. They're, they're afraid of a group of women all being intuitive together, like, <laughs> like I said. But then the backlash against that is to invalidate them. You know, oh, yeah. it's like a, you know, because she's not using a logical mind that that's ridiculous and, and, right. and so on. And so, you know, the truth is, the core of truth is that we're all spirit and we all have intuition. Whether we're in a male body or a female body, uh, we're all intuitive and we can all develop our intuition. And there's no gender differential between that ability. Super. So what is the next myth that you have in store for us? Intuition is, made to, is supposed to make sense. And I, I, we talked about mm. that earlier. Intuition doesn't always make logical sense. Sometimes it can be in direct conflict with your logical mind. Remember the story about uh, somebody meeting a potential new partner and everything yeah. in the logical mind tells them this is a great partner. You know, your mother would be like, oh, yes, this is the right person for you. <laughs> But mm -hmm. there's like a voice inside that's saying, no, absolutely not. Or, you know, maybe another example is you, you, you have to go on a business trip for work. And in the morning, you wake up and you go, I really don't think I should get on that plane. And your logical mind is saying, it's your job. You're being paid to do this. You have to go. And your intuition is saying, don't go. Call in sick. Don't go. And um, so the, the intuition and logic are in conflict with one another. But it may be, you know, that something goes wrong with that airplane yeah. uh, that you find out later. Um, after you've called in sick and uh, managed to miss the plane. So logic and intuition don't always necessarily agree. And that's one of the things that people struggle with the most is that fight with the logical mind, which can be so strong. Got it. Now, we're moving on to myth number six. Yeah, myth number six we definitely already covered and we covered it in quite a lot of detail, which is that The third eye or the mm. sixth chakra is the source of your intuition and the only source of your intuition. 
It's not true. All of your chakras are part of your spiritual communication system. Every one of them channels a form of intuition, and they all work together to channel additional forms of intuition, actually. And so your whole chakra system is an interconnected spiritual communication system. Beautiful. Yeah. So you're dealing with all the chakras as opposed to just the third eye chakra, which is conventionally known for intuition, right? Yes. But what I would say is that it is super important to develop the sixth chakra and the third eye and even prioritize that. So, for example, even if somebody comes to me and they're really, really strong empath, you know, that clairsentience is is uh, like a main intuitive gift that they're aware of. They're really sensitive to other people's emotions and feelings and so on. Those people who are really attuned to that can really suffer from being overwhelmed with foreign energy and overwhelmed with other people's emotions and not being able to tell the difference between their own energy and their own emotions and somebody else's. Um, And so I would always teach them how to access their clairvoyance and how to operate from their third eye in order to access their clairsentience because it gives them the neutrality. And and I'd say the same thing for any intuitive gift that somebody wanted to develop. We always start with the third eye. We always start with the sixth chakra. And the reason is it gives you neutrality so that whatever comes up on your intuition journey, you can be neutral about it. And if you can be neutral about it, it's so much easier to make a shift from from a situation that you're that is limiting you or not supporting you to something that is whereas if if you didn't know how to operate from your third eye and you were totally operating from your second chakra that's like being it's the difference between being in the middle of a storm being tossed around on the on the waves in a crazy lightning storm to being in or being in the tornado swirling around mm-hmm. but if you can if you can be in your sixth chakra that's like being in the eye of the storm where everything is still the storm is still happening the emotions are still happening but you have a neutral perspective on them you can see them from that calm still peaceful perspective and so the third eye is truly very important but it's clairvoyance is not the only form of intuition. And what a lot of people will do is that they'll, they'll mix up, they'll mix it up and believe that when they're having an intuitive feeling that that's their, their third eye or that's their sixth chakra or that when they're experiencing telepathy that that's their third eye or their sixth mm. chakra when it actually isn't. Or, or when, there's, when they're having a heart connection. I had a lady last, last night in the class I taught last night who was talking about, she does teaching over the internet and how she uh, connects energetically uh, with the class and can intuit what's going on. And she she thought she was doing it through her sixth chakra and she thought it was telepathy, but it was actually a heart connection and affinity that she, that she was doing it through. And so, you know, on one level, maybe we don't need to know all of this stuff because <laughs> if you're mm-hmm. doing it and it's working, it's fine. But, yeah. but you know, I, I, I think... It, it can be important, and it's definitely important to know about your, your sixth chakra uh, because of the neutrality 
that it com- that it gives you. Got it. So it seems like it's important, mm-hmm. but not quite enough. Well, I wouldn't say it's not enough, but I would say that there's more to intuition than the sixth chakra. Maybe that's perhaps another way to say it. Mm. Got it, got it. So thanks a lot for clarifying that. And with that, we have come to our last and final intuition-related myth. What is that last myth you have in store for us? Well, I hear this one a lot. (laughs) And that's this idea that your chakras are supposed to be specific colors. So, for example, your first chakra is always red, is supposed to be red, and the second chakra Mm. is supposed to be orange, and the third chakra is supposed to be yellow, and so on. And so people believe if my first chakra isn't red, there's something wrong. If my uh, throat chakra isn't blue, there's something wrong. And people meditate on those, you know, on, on setting their chakras to those colors almost. And to my clairvoyant vision, and I have done thousands and thousands and thousands of chakra readings uh, on people, And some people, multiple chakra readings over an extended period of time. Yeah. Any chakra can be any color. And within the same person, the color changes over time. And it's because, I mean, think of your energy field and your chakras. Uh, it's Mm -hmm. It's a dynamic system, which is processing your life it's processing your life experiences as they happen and it's channeling your higher information to you so that you can deal with and get through those life challenges and so if it was all just set at one level and unchanging that's not a very flexible system so it's actually a dynamic system and it's constantly changing and you're constantly you're channel different frequencies through your chakras, depending on the life experiences that you're going through at any one point in time. And and let's make up a few examples just to illustrate this, a few simple examples. Sure. And so maybe today your first chakra is red, and maybe it's red because you're wanting to channel a lot of life force energy. And so the example mm-hmm. is maybe you're in a, in a sporting event, you know, and you're, and you're just channeling a ton of life force energy because that's what your life experience is today. And then maybe you sustain an injury while you're doing the triathlon and you, you tear a ligament. And, and to, so tomorrow, your focus is through your first chakra on healing your body. So you might shift to a calm, healing blue vibration through your first chakra the very next day because your life circumstances are different and that blue frequency is more appropriate and more helpful to you than um, the red frequency that you were running yesterday. Or or let's make up another example. <laughs> um, you know, a woman gives birth and and that's just an amazing experience for her. She's, she's absolutely, I mean, that's like a a spiritual opening right there when another soul comes into the world, uh, you know, and so she's really in touch with love, the love she has for a new baby, the love and light that that baby is embodying because it's a fresh new person in the world. And so her heart chakra might be vibrating at a very high frequency that like it might be gold. This, the frequency really close to love is it's gold. And then reality hits and next week it's like oh my god this child won't stop screaming 
Mm-hmm. I don't know when it wants to be fed. You know, does it need to be changed? I haven't had any sleep, you know. And so she's in a, a massive learning experience. So maybe she's channeling some green vibration so that she can learn really quickly how to cope with this second body that she now has to take care of. And Mm. those are simple examples, but just think every chakra is processing your life information in real time as it happens just like that. And sometimes there's more than one frequency going on in a chakra as well. You know, and so we're just talking there about maybe that's the main thing that's going on. And then your energy field is an emanation from your chakra system. And so it's so funny. Sometimes people come to me and say, all right, so what color is my aura? (laughs) And to me, that's such a silly question because you know what? Your aura isn't one color. Um, Or sometimes Mm. people go, oh, well, I don't need an aura reading because I had an aura reading 10 years ago and somebody told me it was purple. You know, and right. and it really doesn't make sense. Ten years ago, it, there might have been a purple frequency in your aura, and there may have been many other frequencies. And today, you're a completely different person, going through different experiences. And so, the the aura is many colors. And I always like, in fact, I always like to use. Um, well, there's a couple of examples. In the Bible, Joseph's technicolor dream coat, that was a, a teaching about the aura or the energy field. But also, if you've ever seen uh, cuttlefish, uh, those they're like marine cephalopods, a bit like squids. Um, mm-hmm. You can Google them and see images of these guys. They have um, the surface of their skin changes color in real time depending on their emotional state not even their emotional state, but just whatever's going on. You know, if they're mating, if they're looking for food, if they're under attack. It's, a, it's like a multicolored skin that's flickering and shifting and changing. And I always think that's a really good analogy for the aura, where a bit like, it's a bit like a, like a cuttlefish. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. So thanks a lot for sharing all that information today, you've given us a ton of information today and you've cleared so many misconceptions to really pave the way in front of us, right? Because we're all on this journey to unlock our intuition, to tap into our intuition. And sometimes these misconceptions sort of lead us astray. But today you've cleared that out. So thanks a lot. Action Try, remember that you don't really need to take down notes for today. To download your copy of the seven intuition myths and refer to them later on, visit my 7 forward slash my gift. That's my 7 forward slash my gift. Once you're on the page, just Type in your best email address. And as soon as you do that, you'll be able to download your own PDF copy. And with that, we've arrived at the very last round for today, the wisdom round. Our listeners know that the purpose of this round is to take notes and take action. So Leslie, what is the best advice that someone's ever given you? I know that you've been on the show a few times, but just one more advice would really be worth it. Yes, I I can give you a piece of advice that somebody once gave me. And I actually frequently find myself giving the same advice to other people. And, you know, oftentimes in life, we have an idea of where we want to be. So we're at point A, and we want to get to point B. And we want it so much that we want to skip the steps in between. Sometimes we will imagine that we're already at point B when actually we're not. 
because we've ignored some of the things we need to learn to really be at point B. And so it was a teaching about patience, you know, and about allowing your spiritual journey to unfold in its own time. And uh, my mentor, she said to me, um, you know what? Don't be in such a hurry to get to the, this destination that you have in mind for yourself. Because if you show up early, all the other people that are meant to be there might not have joined the party yet, you know, and you might not be ready. You might make a fool of yourself. So, so, so don't, be, don't be in a hurry. Just know that you're exactly where you're meant to be right here right now and don't skip steps because those steps are important they're really important for you to become the person that you're meant to be love that now in just one sentence name a personal habit that keeps you strong meditation <laughs> <laughs> love that noting it down uh what is your morning routine like these days uh so i my morning routine is i i start seeing clients at 10 a.m so okay. before that, sometimes if I manage to get up early, I go for a swim. Other times I just, you know, I just get myself ready, you know, have a coffee, have my breakfast. Um, maybe I answer my emails, just ordinary stuff. I tend to meditate more in the evening. Uh, I know a mm. lot of people like to do it in the morning, but uh, my preference is to do it in the evening. So my morning routine is just like, getting ready for my day. Got it. So name a book that you'd like to recommend for our listeners today. So the book I wanted to recommend is by Mary Ellen Flora. And she's actually been uh, my mentor for many, many years, over, mm. over 15 years. And um, she wrote a book on chakras. And uh, gosh, I'm trying to remember the name of it. It's, it's chakras. I think it's the key to spiritual awakening. There are so many books out there on chakras, some by people who are quite famous. And I, it's, okay, Chakras, The Key to Spiritual Opening by Mary Ellen Flora. This is the best book on chakras you could ever, ever read. You know, there are some books that you pick up and you can read it over and over again. And each time you read it, it's like you're reading a new book uh, yeah. because it's got so many layers of spiritual information and each time you read it you read it from the perspective and place where you're at at that point but every time you pick it up again there's something else something deeper something different that you can get out of it so uh it's it's written from spirit it's written from intuition it's not written from the intellect um and it's a really really great introduction to the chakras and i say introduction but it has an enormous amount of information in it action tribe i know how much you love our book recommendations and i know many of you purchase these books as soon as you hear them shared on our show as well and that's why audible.com is offering action tribe one free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial so that you can get to check out their amazing service. Now, Audible has over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, or Kindle, including bestsellers like The Chakra System by Anodia Judith, Autobiography of a Yogi by Paramansa Yogananda, and In New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash MSC. Once again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash MSC. A-U-D-I-B-L-E 
triel.com forward slash msc for your free audiobook. So Leslie, thank you so much for joining us today. It was an absolute pleasure to have you on our show once again. Before you go, tell us one thing that you're grateful for and tell us the best way we can find you. One thing that I am grateful for. Well, you know, I am grateful that I have a physical body. A friend of mine passed away about two weeks ago. And, um, you know, I, I just kept been thinking since then, I'm so grateful for my body. I am so grateful that I have a body. I love my body. I love being alive. I love this planet. I'm just grateful to be here on this planet at this time. And uh, it just really made me want to take care of my body and, and love it even more. And so that's what I'm grateful for. And people can contact me through my website, which is drlesliephillips.com. And you spell that D-R-L-E-S-L-E-Y-P-H-I-L-L-I-P-S dot com. And I I spell it because sometimes people think Leslie's with an I-E, mine is with an E-Y. And some spellings of Phillips has one L, but I've got two. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And we'll have this link up on the show note as well so that people can click the link and reach out to you and uh, start a conversation perhaps. So Leslie, thank you so much for coming on our show once again, talking to us about the seven myths of intuition and taking us one step, in fact, one giant leap closer to a human revolution. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure as always. Listening to My Seven Chakras. Go to my S-E-V-E-N chakras.com. Download your free gift, get inspired, and take action. Transform your life today. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.